Today on the ZabeCast, Major League Eating has arrived. No fans at the Nathan's Hot Dog Contest, but at least now you can legally bet on it. Charge joins me today to talk about things from our childhood that sound so crazy today, I swear you won't believe half of them. All that plus why I started to Zillow search condos in the Czech Republic. Your daily Kickstarter of Uncensored Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Thursday, July 2nd, 2020. Thank you for joining me. The NFL has cut two games from its preseason. That would be game number one and game number four. It's going to have to reconfigure some schedules because for the Redskins, and I'm sure a number of other teams, both their second and third week games are away. And they want to at least give teams one home game for logistics purposes and elsewhere. I would say that most fans don't give two flying flips about losing two preseason games, especially numbers one and numbers four. Nobody plays in four because every team wants to rest and not incur injuries. And, you know, preseason game number one, it's like maybe a dollop of a couple of starters just for TV's sake. And then you get them off after one series, and it's a bunch of guys who are players 76 through 94 on the training camp roster. There's talk about making the roster sizes smaller as well because you don't want as many people on, you know, potentially spreading the virus around. But I'm not sure that's the way to go. Wouldn't you want more players? I don't know. They're going to have to figure it out. There's going to be a lot of figuring it out going forward. The key is everyone keeps moving forward. Figure it out and move forward. Figure it out and move forward. I don't think any league at this point is going to say, that's it, we're done, we're out, season's over. I don't I don't see it. I do not see it. Anyway, uh, so there's your NFL news for the day. Meanwhile, this Cam Newton celebration thing is getting way too much traction from people who ought to know better. Felger and Maz on 98.5 The Sports Hub in Boston, who I think are a pretty successful show, they're pretty well known, had this take on whether or not Cam would fit in with Belichick in New England. Here. How about culture? Like, even something as simple and seemingly innocuous as the dapping, the Superman, and all the, the you know, all the uh, celebrating and uh, showboating on the field. They don't want you doing that here. So Cam Newton has celebrated more than any player in the league maybe over the last decade. Something as simple and innocuous as that. Think he'll be able to contain it? I think Bill's going to give him a little latitude on that one. That's what I think. I hope he doesn't. I like that about the Patriots. I like that. I like that they don't ride each other like ponies after games or after touchdowns or whatever. I like the, the like waste our time. Yeah, I don't know. This guy's a different kind of cat, though. No dice. No dice on the Superman. I bet you they allow it or I bet you. Put it this way. That I would shouldn't piss say, me off. I shouldn't say allow it because I'm not. I, I don't think Bill will quote unquote sign off on it. So wait a minute. He'll do it, though. They won't let Dorsett ride Gronkowski like a pony. Gr- Rob Gronkowski. Hall of Famer, hugely. Did they want to do that? Is that was that a thing? But Cam Newton, Ken, he's the quarterback. Oh, yeah. Okay. Here's a clip somebody pulled up of Belichick from one of the football lives or football life episodes. Fascinating look inside the coaching rooms in New England with Belichick. Here he is talking about getting fired up and celebrating. Take a listen. There's nothing wrong 
In fact, you should be excited when you make a play. Hell, look at all the work you've put into it, all the time that you've spent and practice of put into it, and to go out there in a game competitively and execute it well and make a play, you should be excited about it. And your teammates should be excited too. And you see when we're playing with energy and when we're playing with emotion and when we're not. Nice play, Ty. Can't even see one guy saying, good hit. Walk back to the huddle and say, God, it looks like we don't even care. We aren't good enough to play that way. I don't know that anybody is. So, Gary, you know it's a good play. Just doesn't really register with anybody else. I Just look at this right here. Do you think we were ready to play against Denver last year, Monday night? It's so obvious. It's so visible. And when you can Guys are celebrating. He's showing it back and forth on tape. That's what intimidation is. That's the look right there, fellas. Yeah, let me tell you, uh, Bill Belichick doesn't give two shits about Cam Newton's hats, outfits, or celebrations. If he can play and he's healthy, he's going to cook up some things for Cam Newton, and they're probably going to be good. Be interesting to watch, fun to watch. I just don't know how local sports radio guys, excuse my voice, about time for another vacation. No! Just kidding. I mean, not really. But, uh, yeah, Cam Newton going to fit in just fine. Stop the nonsense. Meanwhile, for the first time ever, bettors can now legally wager on the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest July 4th. Three states have approved it, New Jersey, Colorado, and New Hampshire. Said Richard Shea, president of Major League Eating, quote, ESPN had already affirmed us as a sport in the early 2000s, but with legal betting, we are really now as legitimate as the NFL and the NBA. (laughs) Richard Shea is the best hype man and promoter I've ever seen because that's just, yeah, we're now as legitimate as as both of those. (laughs) What the hell did you just say? You heard him. You heard him. The event, which will not happen at its traditional location of the Nathan's Inn, Coney Island, will take place at an undisclosed location with social distancing measures in place. Unlike previous competitions, which have featured between 15 and 20 men and women, this year will just have five women and six men. And because of travel restrictions in New York, three eaters won't make it, including Matt Stoney, the third-ranked eater in the world and the only man to have beaten Joey Chestnut. Stoney and Chestnut live in California, but Major League Eating had the foresight to fly Chestnut in more than a week ago before New York imposed significant new coronavirus restrictions. (laughs) The state of New York is quarantining guys to come into New York just to eat copious amounts of hot dogs on TV on the 4th of July. What a world. Speaking of adjusting and moving forward, I like this. Darren Ravel reports, if a golfer or caddy tested positive for COVID on the PGA Tour, a 10-day sit-out was required. That has changed today. Now a player or caddy who tested positive but has not had any symptoms may return to competition after two negatives, a minimum of 24 hours apart. I like it. little adjustment. 
Buster only reports MLB plans a public reporting of league-wide data listing the overall tests conducted of its players, number of positive tests, percentage of positive tests on a periodic basis, no individuals named. Players themselves, though, can say if they test positive and are sitting out. The period of intake screening is ongoing prior to first workouts on Friday. Again, there'll be adjustments. There'll be positives. Keep her moving. Let's press ahead. This is where the DJ talks. All right. Okay. Let's go north. Sing it with me. Hey, good day, Hoser. Good day, Hoser. Hey, you know, I'm timing it better. Since we're off by a little bit, I don't try to have you sing it with me. I sing it myself, but I'm sure people in the car are singing it as well, Charge. So you got that going for you, which is nice. Let's turn it up real quick. To say that, but on take You being a big music fan, concert goer, and you've instilled that love in your beautiful daughter, and you've taken her to many concerts, a lot of weird bands that I frankly have never heard of, but I love the fact that you've introduced me to them. Question, were you ever much of a Rush fan? You know, it's my, um, I was in high school, I was a really, really big Rush fan, and then I got a little too cool, a little too indie for Rush for a long time, and in the past couple of years, my daughter got into 2112 maybe the biggest like epic concept album in the history of rock right right? about this this authoritarian world that has knocked us back to the stone age and kid finds a guitar and presents it to these evil overlords and they shut him down and he rises up against the man and you know all of these great themes and everything and my daughter got into this album and it sort of rekindled the love of rush for me and as a matter of fact it's funny you mention it last week target had a buy two get one free sale on vinyl and i bought two vinyl rush albums for the first wow. time since ni- 1985 or something yes <laughs> that's fantastic by the way are we now living in 2112 in a certain way i mean the Man. more you think about it you're like holy shit like the new york times is basically calling for mount rushmore to be destroyed oh yeah no, it's 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 amazing how it's changed, Zabe. And you know, we our overlords decide what news you will read, what you will hear, what you will enjoy. You know, they'll decide what content is going to be carried in their channels. So yeah, we're, we're not that far off. There's got to be a way. There's got to be a way. There's got to be money on the right. There's got to be money to develop basically platforms that mirror what currently exists. I know you're not going to have the scale right away, but there has to be that migration. Now, I'm not sure that would necessarily change anything. It would just further polarize the country. So I don't know. I think we're headed for divorce, frankly, as a country. Now, yeah. uh, can we it do feels that, that way, doesn't can it? We, can we do that without major bloodshed? I don't know, but it just feels grim. So let's move on to happier subjects. And before yes. we get to our featured topic tonight, and it is simply... I can't believe that used to be a thing. Before we get to that, your thoughts from a fantasy perspective on Cam, Cam with the Patriots. Here's why I think it's going to work. 
Belichick, Belichick always gets the best out of his players and he will change his system. This is the single best thing he's done as a coach. He will change whatever he has to change to meet the needs of his players. And he's done it at every position. He's never had to do it with Brady, never had to do it at quarterback, but he, he he's demonstrated it time and time again. He'll change whatever he has to change to give his players the best chance to succeed. And that's why I think it's going to work. And I think he will upend that offense to make it work right for Cam Newton. Now, all that said, I don't think Cam Newton's a great quarterback anymore, but if there's one guy that can get it out of him, it's probably Bill Belichick. And I, I, you know, I've been down on Cam for years. I'll never forgive him for the fumble. He refused to fall on in that Super Bowl. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad. It's it tells you everything you need to know. On his permanent record and his unprofessional pouting after the game yes. on the podium is also on his permanent record. But I've kind of come around a bit on Cam, and I've always enjoyed how spectacular he was as an athlete and as a player when he was in his prime because in our lifetime, we've not seen a 6'5", high-flying, big-armed, running quarterback quite like him there's no comp to him no there probably isn't there probably well there isn't a comp to him because of his size zay right because he was that big he is he was that big now the other side of it is once the injuries made him so that he had to be productive as a passer he couldn't be you know where he was so magical and how he got his team to a super bowl was because of the running passing hybrid that he was but then the series of injuries after that just took that game out of him. And when he had to just be a great passer, he couldn't be. Yeah. And that'll be the interesting thing the next couple of years with Lamar Jackson. Teams are going to start getting some game plans for him. And they're going to start taking away one by one things he likes to do. And then it's can he adapt? Can he evolve? Can he be better mm-hmm. in the pocket? And what is he going to be in a couple of years as a passer? But as, as a combination player, he's he's the terror right now, Lamar Jackson. He's a terror. He is. And no quarterback has ever sort of kept that up at a high level for a long time and been a good enough passer and runner to maintain both for more than a few years. Zabe, you're you're old enough to remember the Cordell Stewart years when he was slash. Yeah. And we were like, my God, they've got this new hybrid and he couldn't be a good enough passer to keep it up. This is what's going to be fascinating. Lamar Jackson. Can he be good? And he's an amazing runner and he already looks like a very good passer. Can he be so good at both that they continue using him both ways for 10 years? That would be mind blowing because it's nobody's ever come close to that. Did you like all the people on Twitter? They were like, I don't know why someone didn't pick up cam just to keep him off the Patriots roster. And then you have to shake your head and go, bro, this is not fantasy. He got to choose where he would sign. He wasn't just going to be pick upable. Well, okay, but, but don't tell me you're one of those people. I am. Here's oh, why. Here's why. It. You can't force him to sign. You're saying. Well, no, of course not. Sign but I can to, make it okay. so. I, okay. You're the Bills or the Jets, and you have playoff hopes, right? The Dolphins don't. You have playoff hopes. You're tired of seeing the same team win the division for 20 straight years. You know the most salary cap strapped team in the league is the Patriots. They had one and a half million dollars to spend. That's it. That's all they had. They were 32nd in cap space. Meanwhile, you're the Bills. You have $25 million in cap space. All you had to do to torpedo the Patriots (laughs) for this season was sign sign Cam to whatever you need to sign him to. That's it. Okay couple things one he may never have said yes to the bills 
Secondly, because he knows he wouldn't be the starter. They're committed no, to Josh Allen. And secondly, you have the disruption factor. Even if Cam is a Boy Scout and says all the right things, the media will rock the boat back and forth about, hey, how come Cam's not starting? Hey, Josh Allen's looked like shit the last two weeks. Why don't we try Cam? It creates an unstable situation because there's enough nuclear energy left over, like Chernobyl, in Cam that it would present a unstable quarterback situation in Buffalo. They couldn't do that, Charge. Well, you know, okay, they, I think they could have if they had just wanted to just – and listen, having Cam as your backup quarterback is also, by the way, an incredible luxury. I know. I mean, sure, I agree. But it would have, have created, sell, it would have created, it would have created sell, a certain amount of distraction, right. but he's clearly a backup. When you're getting signed as a quarterback in June, July – you're clearly the backup. I think there' a little bit of disruption I'll buy, not a lot. If you'd have put $12 million to play backup quarterback in front of Cam Newton instead of the $1.5 million that he's getting from the Patriots, I think he'd have taken that deal. You do know, though, and this is unfortunate, but I think it's true, that uh, Josh Allen's the most hated white quarterback amongst black quarterback fanboys, whether they be black or white, in the league. There is a perception that he was overdrafted ahead of guys and he's not very good, and God forbid Cam is sitting there as a former MVP, and you know Josh Allen stinks. Be very ugly. But I'm just saying. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, Plus, well, the, the Bills wouldn't have known the Patriots for sure would have grabbed him. He might have gone somewhere else. So it would have been a high-risk move to throw all this money into Cam Newton as a backup, as a blocking move only, introduce instability with your quarterback situation. <laughs> I don't know, Charge. Seems like a bridge I too See, far. I, I don't agree because here's why. There was one, and exactly one, capable quarterback free agent left. What about James? One. No, he's already signed. He's a Saints backup. Oh, okay. You're saying there's right. only one left by On the, the time market, it got yeah. down to it. Okay. All right. Right. That's right. Yeah. You know, rewind three days ago. There was one good quarterback left who could have get, brought you to a playoff game. And, you know, you and I have been talking. I'm like – Jared Stidham's going to say, you know, this team's in deep trouble. I don't know if they're going to win more games than the Dolphins. Things I've said on your podcast before. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right? Now I got to take all that back. Now, you know, now with Cam, they're right back in the hunt. All right. Just to get the juices flowing, what is the chartfanball.com draft estimated round on Cam Newton right now, July 1, 2020? Eighth round. Okay. Which is where good – that's where kind of your good tier of quarterbacks still go is about the eighth round. Okay. That's where they're going to go. Now, some some knucklehead's probably going to go, oh, he's going to run me in for – he's going to run five touchdowns, eight touchdowns like he used to. He hasn't done that in years. Right. So, you know, maybe maybe somebody will go earlier than that, but they shouldn't. All right. We're going to play a game, Charge and I, called I Can't Believe That Thing Used to Be a Thing. And I'll start. <laughs> Remember when – when you wanted to go fly somewhere, you had to drag your ass physically down to a travel agent in a little <laughs> in a little street front store, wait to be seen by one of their representatives who would uh-huh. punch away on a giant ancient computer in 1976. Look yeah, which up, was a, yeah. a du- which is a dummy terminal connected by plain old uh plain old phone cabling oh, right yeah. and a 
and what would have then been like a 300 baud modem so that they could connect to a mainframe, a control data mainframe somewhere. Yes. And they would check out uh, the relative cost of flying on TWA or perhaps <laughs> Eastern Airlines. Pan Am. Not, Pan Am, TWA, Eastern right, Airlines, yep. Western Airlines with a big red yep. W on the side of the plane. Yep, and then they, would, then they would give you an insanely expensive ticket price for 1976, something like $800. Yes. And they would print it out on this booklet of mimeographed sheets, like four different copies of the ticket in a little booklet that has big printing on it. And there'd have to be one for each member of your family. And God forbid you forgot that thing. You couldn't get on the airplane. <laughs> I can't believe that used to be a thing. All right. That, it's now your turn. All right. Now, we're all, most of your listeners are old enough to remember rewinding movies, right? <laughs> yes. And having to, you know, please be kind, rewind, all of that. But let's not just limit the conversation to, the, to VHS. We had the cassette tape which was for music, right? You would buy Van Halen 1 on cassette, and then you try to find, like, track 5 so you could hear Eruption, and you could hear Eddie Van Halen do his, all of his tapping wizardry. And the problem was you never knew where song 5 was, and you'd have to, like, rewind, play it for a little forward, bit. Now that is play. it. Rewind, play. <laughs> yep, yep, go far. <laughs> right, yep. Now, play. even before that, Zabe, yeah. I knew a couple of guys that had real to real. They had oh. albums on reel to reel. That's more of our dad's era, but it's that's still that was still a thing where people had albums in reel to reel, and then you had you had to rewind the whole you know re you got the whole album go back and forth <laughs> on the giant reels. So yes, I am taking for the next thing. I am taking rewinding any yeah. as oh, and by the way, say get this, get this. Uh, I know you've got Google in front of you right now. Yes, go ahead. Type in Atari 410, 410 player or recorder. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Look at that. My dad might have bought that. Atari 410 tape recorder for video games. What did this thing yes. do? Now, I we had – now, when everybody else had an Apple II, I had an Atari 800, which was the competitor to the Apple II. But we didn't have enough money to buy a proper floppy drive. We could only afford the cassette player, which loaded games in 30 to 40 minutes, Zabe. You had to <laughs> – you, you put a standard cassette into this thing. You pressed play, and it would then send chirps and beeps and ones and zeros to the computer. And then when one side of the cassette ran out, you would you would flip the cassette oh over and continue to load your game. Oh. So you had to really plan your day around <laughs> your decision to, pl to play a game on the cassette recorder. Oh my word. It's all coming back to me now. And I'm looking at the Atari 400 computer game system with its yes. keyboard. That was really just a flat 
vinyl yes, that's keypad right. that you had to press yeah. real hard. You couldn't type on it. You couldn't touch type no, on you it. Couldn't no, no, you could not type on that thing at all. <laughs> it was a disaster. I know. My, my uh, next-door neighbor, Alan Abbasi, whose dad was the head of pediatrics at Georgetown Hospital, so he was kind of, quote, rich by neighborhood standards, even though the house he lived yeah. in was basically the same as my parents' house. And he had one of those. And I'll never – I mean, I, well, I said I'd never forget. I just did forget, but you brought it all back to me. I'm like, yep, we used to play that thing. Thing. I mean, I think we played track and field on that wow. Atari 400. Yeah. <laughs> I think was, you did. It was so stupid. Okay, here we go. I can't right. believe this thing used to be a thing. Corded telephones. Oh. In, in our house growing up on the mean streets of McLean, Virginia, we had the main phone to the house right smack dab in the middle wall in the kitchen. Two steps yes, from the too. kitchen table, three yep. steps from the sink. And and because every now and then, if you wanted to talk to your buddy, you wanted some privacy, you needed to go to a different room. But there was no such thing as cordless phones. Right. And you didn't just have five or six phones and phone jacks all over the house unless you were a Rockefeller or something. So our solution was to get an extra long, probably 25-foot right. coiled <laughs> elastic stretchable cord for the handset so you'd answer the phone in the kitchen oh yes. hey how's it going uh donnie hold on a second and you'd walk around the corner into yes. the living room and talk <laughs> to your buddy without your mom <laughs> eavesdropping um we had the cord long enough to go into the bathroom and so you could actually kind of quasi close the door, at least you know, mostly closed for an iota of privacy. But the problem then, Dave, is everybody knew you were trying to have a private conversation. So, of course, they were listening extra intently. And, of course, they could hear one side. So you had to talk in code. Oh, yeah. Like beer was elixir. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so- I'm sure that didn't fool your parents at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're up next. What do you got? I can't believe this thing used to be a thing. All right. Um, oh, by the way, do you remember the party line? How about even uh, – do you remember the party line? Party lines. Yeah, party lines were an ability to connect with multiple people on the phone at one time. Well, kind sort of. Right. of. So now bef- oh, one step before our time, you and your neighbors could share the cost – of your phone by sharing one phone line. What? And so, yes. Now, again, this is a, this is a step before our time. This is our parents' time. So you and your neighbors, you couldn't afford a phone. But if you combined it together, you could half the cost or triple the cost or quadruple the cost or whatever, or, or fourth the cost, I mean, and share the line. But oh, it, it was still only one line. So you'd pick up the phone and hope for a dial tone. And if you didn't have a dial tone, somebody was talking. And it was your neighbor talking. And people would just listen, right? <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, oh. A party yes. line. Wow. That was the party line. Now, later, what the party line meant to me, and this you'll remember, is sometimes you'd pick up the phone and you would just hear a random conversation that was anybody, right. anywhere talking. Do you right. remember those days? Right. You wouldn't, And it was not like a neighbor. You weren't sharing a line. It was just bad technology. And so that's what that, I still remember that. And today, by the way, my daughter would have no idea what a busy signal is. Well, that's okay. What's, I was going to say the two other biggest advances in telephony growing up in the early 80s uh, and through the decade was one call waiting. A oh, little, yeah. Boop, yes. Boop, 
boop, boop. Yep. And then the second one was an answering machine, which didn't come into play, I think, in our household until at least 89, I'm guessing. Wow. Well, Charlie's Angels had you beat by like a decade. Well, of course. I mean, you know. Yeah. Oscar. No, Go- Rockford. No, no. Jim Rockford. Was Jim- it a Rockford Files? Yeah, that Jim had the, Rockford. The, the, <laughs> exactly. It was Rockford Files. Right, right, right. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. Whose yes. turn is it? I can't believe right, this up. thing. I'm up. Thing. Okay, go ahead. If you wanted to know a random fact about something before the internet, where did you have to go? Well, you had to go the to the Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia Britannica, yes. Which, yes. which many of us had parents who didn't own a set at home. Right. We'd have to go to the library. What a concept where they had so many, there was so much demand for encyclopedias. They'd have 20 sets of encyclopedias and they'd have several for every year. And you, if you just, you know, if you suddenly got an assignment on French revolution, French revolution, you're going through uh, a, B, C, D, E, G, fuck, who has the it's F, F encyclopedia? Exactly. You're killing me right now. I needed F. Yes. And then the other part was you had to hope that the, the encyclopedia was relatively current within the last five or six years, because if you were asked to do an assignment on, I don't know, like diamond mining in South Africa or whatever, and you wanted something that was from at least the last few years, you had to hope to God right. that the encyclopedia you had access to wasn't 14 years old. Yeah, constantly updated and very expensive to buy the whole set. So oh, yeah. that, that's where the concept of the door-to-door encyclopedia salesman came from. He'd have to knock on doors and try to convince parents, you know, I could give you this huge set of very heavy books that are going to take up space in your house so your little <laughs> kid... Can right. Little Johnny or little Susie can do their homework at home yes. on their stuff. Wow, what a concept. Okay, I can't believe this thing used to be a thing. The rear-facing suicide seats <laughs> in a station wagon. That's right, kids. Once upon a time, parents would let you sit in rear-facing seats just inches from the back window and a rear end collision that would have been instantly fatal. And if you got to sit back there, you were the coolest mofo in the neighborhood. Everybody wanted to sit in the way back. That's what we call it in Minnesota. Did you call it the way back? Of course. We called it the way back, the way back. Now what no way back had was seatbelts. There are no seatbelts in the way back. Of course not. You, you don't no, need them. Not. If you stopped short, you'd be just slammed in your back first into the seat. You wouldn't go anywhere because you're facing that's, backwards. That's the brilliance of it, I suppose. Is you, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Unless, unless you flipped and got jostled around and got severe head injuries or launched out the back window or who knows what other calamities. This, of course, was right. also back in the day in which big sedans would have the gas cap under the rear license plate remember those oh, days yeah. oh yeah 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 absolutely <laughs> and then yes. some engineer at gm's like uh hey boss uh it might be a problem with rear end collisions maybe, maybe <laughs> we should put this gas tank somewhere else <laughs> but it was a uh, thing it was a real thing speaking yes. of station wagons which were the ubiquitous kid hauler of the 70s and the early 80s they had not invented the the minivan yet wasn't a concept okay suv nobody had an suv 
So the, so the station wagon was it. I've got a priceless photo. Every year, McLean Little League would have an opening day parade. And it was not a short parade, Charge. It was at least two miles long. And we would start mm, wow. We'd start in the uh, McLean Town Center, which was a couple of different strip malls of stores, uh, one of which was Mort's Bootery, which sponsored my team. Uh, mm. And Rocco's Italian Pizza, and then there was the yeah. uh, bowling alley there as well. And we would either walk or ride with our banners and our signs in our Little League uniforms all the way down to the Little League field. We'd go through McLean, take a left on Dolly Madison, down to the baseball field. Not a short you know, march, but whatever. We love mm. it. I yeah. have a picture of me and my fellow baseball teammates sitting on top of the station wagon, right on top of the roof rack as it rolled down the road. <laughs> A clearly dangerous situation that no parent would ever uh, allow kids no. to partake in. But hey, Never, no. it was 1978, and YOLO, motherfucker, get on top of that station wagon and ride like it's opening day. <laughs> All right. I can't believe well, it was a thing, but okay, it was wait, a thing. Before, yeah. before we get out of the car, how did you how did you bring the the how did you bring a window down? Well, you had to roll it. You had to roll it down. You can't buy a car with a manual hand cranking roller anymore. No, you can't. That's you can't. Those days are. My daughter would have no idea what to do with that. Exactly. She'd probably she'd press it. I'm guessing <laughs> to see what happened. All right. All I right. Can't believe it was a thing, but it was a thing. What do you got? I growing up, I loved Scooby Doo because it had a little narrative to it. It Zoinks! had a little humor to Scooby! it. Zoinks! Yes, yes. <laughs> it had uh, a little of the sexual innuendo going on between mostly Daphne and Fred. Yeah, Daphne and how come Daphne and Fred always left together? Hey, it's Fred. Hey, Daphne, let's all split up. You go with me and Velma will go with the dog and the hippie. Wow. So those two take off and they're gone for some period of time. You know, that all that stuff where if you wanted to watch a cartoon, you had one chance. Saturday morning. Oh, yeah. That was it. You want a cartoon? You got. Uh, we're giving you four hours on Saturday morning, and that's it. No that's DVRs. It. <laughs> no, no no cassette tapes. No DVDs. Nothing. nothing. That's what you no. got, and you better you better park your ass with a bowl of cereal in front of that television, or you're gonna miss it. If you want to see Wiley Coyote get his ass handed to him by the Acme Company and the Roadrunner, <laughs> self-imposed with the Acme Company, you had from. Seven, seven o'clock, eight o'clock on Saturday morning until noon. And then that was it. Oh, Game my over. God. That is uh, that is a beautiful thing. OK, I can't believe it was a thing, but it was a thing. Ties in college football. It oh, yeah. still blows my mind that until what year did they finally institute overtime? It was the 2000s, I want to say. I think we had ties was all the way long? through the 90s. Uh, let me quickly look it up. But, you know, this came up because Pat Dye of Auburn finally passed away, and he was known Mm. for going for the tie against Syracuse in the Sugar Bowl, and so he became known as Pat Dye going for the tie. He was unapologetic, saying, hey, look, you know what? The odds were in our favor. I just didn't want to lose to Syracuse. That was the lesser-regarded program at the time, 
and he made no bones about it. But a lot of people were hopping pissed. They're like, you pussy, you should have gone for the win. Well, yeah, of course. Which sounds great until you don't make it. And then everybody been like, why didn't you take the tie? They were the lesser team. 1996 charge. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so it was 1996. It just blows my mind that, you know, that we had ties that late into our existence. By the way, check your phone. You're about to get the photo of me sitting on top of the station wagon in the uh, annual Little League opening day parade. Just go ahead and let me know when you get it. I'm putting this, by the okay. way, as the opening graphic, the oh, image good. the image of the podcast. So if you're listening, you should see it as the little icon. Uh, it'll also be on Zabe.com as the icon. So let me know when that comes through, Church. All right, not yet. The, the miracle of technology is not, <laughs> has not gotten it to us yet. And that brings us to mine, my next one. Okay. And this isn't that long ago. Dial up internet. That was very good, considering you had no idea it was coming. That was very, oh, very I good. I practice that sound effect all the time. I'm like a Michael Winslow of, you know, sound effects. <laughs> I know who Michael Winslow is. That's very good. Police Academy. Um, the, of course, made famous by Police Academy. Um so the, for the dial for those of us that were early into dial up, we were using the 300 baud modem and then the 1200 baud modem and then the 2400 baud modem, and then our minds got blown by the 9600 baud modem. Unbelievable speed, uh, un- unthinkable speed, basically. Unthinkable and, speed. Yes, 9600 baud. baud. Do you know what right. that translates into megabits per second at all? Point, Is it I think point, point 0.9. So it's point less zero than nine? one megabyte per second oh it's got to be way less way less yes Uh, oh look at that with the wood paneling on that baby oh i love it look at that i love it there you are now right on top like nobody's even nobody's even grasping onto the luggage rack which would have been my instinct i think right but yeah that's oh that's brilliant now who's driving it with that big head of hair uh, I don't know. Is I think that it was, your dad? Is no, that, no, that, that was not our car. That was someone else on the it team. It was your car. Yeah, someone else on the and team. I think it was a woman. They let women drive back I then, would, believe it or not. People's Drug Store, you see the People's Drugs right behind me? That had the first video games charge, including Asteroids, including Pac-Man, oh, including yeah. all the other classics. And so, believe you me, when our mom went to the giant food to the left, we ran. Yeah over to people to put quarters <laughs> into those machines. I respect that. And you know what? Better for her. She got 30 minutes of privacy and nobody nagging her to buy Pop-Tarts and garbage, you know, candies and <laughs> cookie and crisp, bro. The sugar, cookie crisp. Cookie, right, exactly. It's a, the, the, all the sugared cereals. See, I grew up in a household with no sugar. Really? No, a no sugar household. Whose edict yes. was that? No, oh, that was my mom. All she, she was into the whole, the nutrition revolution of like the late seventies and eighties, well, early eighties. That's good. Did and, you? So you probably grew up a lean bean string pole. Well, I was also a cross country runner, so I wow. was yeah. so so skinny. Uh, but Zay, now do, have where, you have you acquired a sweet tooth in your adult life now? Oh God, hell yes! Oh, <laughs> oh ice cream, ice cream is is the devil for me. Oh, <laughs> the devil, God. the devil. What I what I do for a drumstick right now, I could 
God, I could, yeah, I could take the, I'd eat, okay. you know what? I would, I would just eat the whole head of ice cream right off of that thing. And I'd have sex with the cone right now. <laughs> Somebody asked me what they, what I thought today of people who eat a popsicle by biting right into it. They said those mm. people are savages. I said, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're pretty weird. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Now where the whole sugar thing did not pay off for my mom, Halloween, 1976. My mom refuses to hand out candy and decides, no, 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 we're doing apples. We're going to be oh, the apple family because it's a God. healthy choice. Oh, so, my God. First kids come to the door. Ding dong. Trick or treat. Mom goes, hey, kids, guess what? I've got a healthy act. I got a healthy alternative for you. It's apples. And the kids just faces deflate right there. <laughs> and. She puts the apples in the bag with the big thump at the bottom of the bag at the apples, and we close the door. Five, four, three, oh, no. two, oh, no. one. Thump, 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 thump. Here come all the apples back. Oh. <laughs> 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 and we turned, we turned the lights out, and that was the end of Halloween that, that, that year. Oh, my God. All right, I got one more for you. I can't believe this used to be a thing. High dives at swimming pools. What do you mean they're not a thing anymore? I I think at a lot of recreational swimming pools, they're not a thing anymore. Oh, I didn't even know that. Do do you know a pool that's got a high dive, a three-meter board? I guess I don't, but I I don't. I guess I don't. I I didn't realize that that wasn't a thing anymore. But I don't spend that much time at the pool, yeah, so I no. didn't know. I did not know that. Is it just? It's it's got to be just all because kids are getting hurt. I well, suppose. I, I just like occasionally they'll get hurt because you know when you're on a high dive, if you're a kid who's adventurous and courageous, you'll start trying to do some shit. You'll think you're Greg Luganis, right? Yeah. And then next thing you know, okay. you land wrong, you sprain your neck, your belly flop, it knocks the wind out of you, uh, or you slip off the side of it, perhaps climbing up. Yeah. You know, it's, it is 10 feet high. It's enough yeah. to hurt yourself if you fall off the ladder. You're slippery. No. Your feet are slippery and whatnot. Yeah. I, was, I was scared to go off it for a good part of my childhood, but I finally ginned up the courage to do it. And of course, I just went in straight. I'm going to send you a picture of my uh, sister, my younger sister, who, <laughs> and I've now hooked into, by the way, the uh, the vein of photos in my Apple Photos app that I put together for my parents' anniversary. So it's got a lot of vintage shit from the 70s ah. and 80s. But here's a picture coming to you of my daughter or my sister jumping off the high dive doing a cannonball. Very brave of her back in the day. I love the cannonball. The cannonball vastly superior to the jackknife, and it's not even close. If you're going for maximum impact wave uh, and splash the cannonball. I think a jackknife was more directable. It, w- it was. And it's exactly splash, right about that. <laughs> and it would give a higher plume, but not nearly as thick as a big old kasploosh of a uh, cannonball. Cannonball, <laughs> cannonball. Okay. Now, yeah. Oh, yeah, there that's a legitimate that's a legitimate dive right there. That is a good uh that looks like it's a good 10 feet. Now, did you ever do the you get up to the you get up to the top of the board and you chicken out and you have to do that shameful oh, walk shit. backwards down the ladder <laughs> and everybody knows that you chickened out. I might well have done that. I don't recall. I'm sure I did it at some water park. I'm sure at some part where there was a big water slide and I was afraid of it. 
but I yeah. don't remember specifically when I did it. I know I chickened out of shit. No question. All the time. I'm sure I did too. And I remember being shameful and feeling <laughs> Shame. like shame. Yeah. Shame. <laughs> That's right. It, it, I was not naked. You got the yes. you got the Jacob Fry walk of shame. Shame. <laughs> shame. You did get that. Mm-hmm. All right. One more from you. Do you have one more? Oh, well, let me go to my list. I think I'm, I you might You said you had a long list. Out. You might be tapped out. I that's do. fine. We'll, well, call, several, then let's actually, call it a day then. Let's call it a know, day while we're behind. We're ahead. All right. I think we're fine. well ahead. Uh, anything right, else deal. to add on the way out the door here, Church? Well, the last one I had on my list was getting up to change the channel. Oh, God, yeah. Something kids have no concept of now. We had, by the way, do you ever hear anybody call a remote control a clicker? Yes. Have you ever called the clicker? Give me that clicker. Ha- Where is the clicker? Ha- one of the things about you know getting up to change the channel, you often did it for your uncle or your dad. You oh, would be the, you would be the remote. Now that was not fun, but the good news is there was only four channels, most three channels for the most part. So it's not like he had a lot of flipping around to do. He'd pick no. CBS on a Thursday night, whatever the lineup was, and that's where it stayed for two hours. Correct. Now, for me, I'd be like, Dad, it'd be, Dad, it'd make me go change a channel. I'd be like, Dad, no. And he would, she'd say, this is why I had you, so you could go change the channel. <laughs> All right, Charge, I'm going to give you a, a pill right now. Not a red pill, not a blue pill, but a, a black pill. It will take you right back to 1976 tomorrow. Would you do it? Can I know what I know now? Can I invest in Apple? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. No, you uh, take no knowledge. You break no bonds of love with your beautiful daughter and your current beautiful wife. You just go back to a simpler time that we just described. You know, today, right now, in the middle of COVID and civil unrest, hell yes, yeah. I would take it. Right. I'd, I'd say, take it. I'd say give me two of them pills just in case. Just in case the first one doesn't get me there. All right, Charge, as always, a pleasure, buddy. Have a great 4th of July. Remember, Jason Pierre-Paul once blew up his hand with a firework, so that was real. <laughs> well, be right? careful. See Bye-bye. You I'll end on this today. I never thought I'd be Zillow searching properties in the Czech Republic, but here I was today. Why? Headline, Czechs hold farewell party for coronavirus. Despite the World Health Organization, who warning this week that the pandemic was not even close to being over, the Czech Republic, a party in the Czech Republic, they didn't care. They threw a party to give the coronavirus a symbolic farewell. How'd they do it? Thousands of guests, thousands, sat at a 500-meter-long table on the iconic Charles Bridge in Prague, sharing food and drinks they had brought from home. Guests were encouraged to share with their neighbors, and there was no social distancing something people in countries under lockdown will find hard to relate to. There have been fewer than 12,000 infections in the Czech Republic, a country of about 10 million. About 350 people have died. The event's organizer said the celebration was possible due to a lack of tourists in the famously charming city. There was dancers, people with guitars, and a huge long table. Not a mask in sight. 
Oh, I know what you're going to say. Wait two, wait two weeks. Yeah, they'll be dropping like flies. Zillow search. You know, I actually had college friends from UC Santa Barbara at the newspaper, the Daily Nexus, go to Prague right out of college to start an English newspaper in the Czech Republic. And they said they had a great time. They said the Czech Republic is highly underrated as a place. Anyway, let's hope a lot of people don't die. Because you know the media will jump on that. If nobody really gets sick, you'll never hear a peep from it. But God forbid there's an outbreak. It'll be lifted up like, see... See, these checks didn't take the Rona seriously. All right, that'll do it for me today. Thank you so much for downloading. Thanks to Charge for picking up the phone. What a great walk down memory lane from our youths. We are on Red Circle now. Please be advised. Many of you are saying, hey, I'm not getting updates on the podcast. Uh, Make sure to get it at Red Circle. Subscribe there and have it delivered to any platform of your choice, except for a couple exceptions. We can't help that. And of course, you can subscribe to Friday's. Tomorrow's episode will have Notorious J-A-Y to send you into the 4th of July weekend. Get 12 months for the price of 11 uh, or just go month to month. It's fine as well if you want to pay for it all at once. Thank you for your subscriptions. Quality content worth paying a fair price for. I appreciate it. Rate and review as always. Please our algorithms. Have a great Thursday and we will see you tomorrow. Somebody.